0: friends. Welcome to Read 'em and Weep. It's me, your host, Sammy. And as always, we are going to go over two hands in this episode. One hand that I played good, one hand that I played like shit. Let us not pussyfoot around. Let's get right into it. We are playing 2 3 5 with a straddle at the California Grand Casino. We are about 1500 effective. So we're playing pretty deep. And the action folds around to us in the hijack, two off the button. And we look down at Queen Nine of Hearts. We like this hand. It's very pretty. We raise it to 30, and we get two callers. One of them is the button, who's this very looser, splashy dude. Um, I played with him quite a bit. Uh, He is not that great, but he's kind of dangerous. He's pretty laggy. He's very aggressive and loose. So he calls, and then the straddle calls as well. So we go three ways to the flop, and the flop comes king, nine, deuce. With the king of hearts and the bottom two cards spades. So king nine deuce with two spades, one heart. I have middle pair and a backdoor flush draw. Awesome. And a backdoor straight draw. This this couldn't be any better. The straddle checks to us. And I think it's pretty close between checking and betting here. Um, I'm actually not quite sure what the best play is. But I think that I want to put some pressure on these guys with a bet and make them fold out. A lot of their hands, it can be really tough in multi-way scenarios when it checks through and then an overcard comes and you're just like, shit, what do I do? And somebody bets and you're like, "Yeah, it sucks. Um, so I decide to bet. And I think in this situation, I don't need to bet very big. So I bet 30. Again, the flop is king nine deuce with a heart and two spades. And I have queen nine of hearts. So the, the button, the loose, splashy, aggressive guy now raises to a hundred the straddle folds. It gets back to me and I have to start thinking about what kind of hands that this guy would raise me with on the flop. And I think it's fairly obvious that he could have big value, like a set of deuces or something like that, or top two pair. And then I also think he's got a lot of flush draws, Uh, especially he can have some combo draws, right? It's King nine deuce with two spades. He can have the nut flush draw, he can have a lot of gutters like queen 10, queen jack, jack 10, uh, a spades, hands like that. And when you really break it down, there's not that much value he can have with the hand that I have. Pre-flop, he didn't re-raise. He just called on the button. So it's very unlikely that he's got pocket aces, pocket kings, or ace king. I block king-queen because I have a queen in my hand. So that cuts down the number of combinations he can have with that hand. It's also pretty tough for him to have top two pair or a set of nines because I have a nine in my hand. And sure, he can have bottom set, but I just think when you count up all the combinations, it's more likely that he has something like a big spade draw. So with my middle pair and backdoor flush and straight draws, I'm obviously calling, I'm not folding. And I call the hundred. And the turn comes an offsuit four. It's the four of diamonds. So it's king nine deuce with two spades and the four of diamonds. I check and now he bets 150 into 290. So about half pot. And I start thinking here, okay, this is going to be really interesting because if he doesn't have a big king, like I said, it's pretty unlikely as a big king. He usually re-raises ace king pre-flop. I mean, he can have king, queen, but it's harder for him to have king, queen because I have a queen. So I decide to play a little chicken with the guy. And my plan is that I'm going to call the turn. And if he bets the river, I'm going to call that too, because there's just not that many hands that can bet all three streets. Like I said, he's got very little big value. I feel like if he bets, if he raises the flop and then bets all three streets, he's kind of, he kind of has to have a really big hand. Like he kind of has to have, King, queen, or better, or a set of deuces. It, it's really hard for him to not have it. Meanwhile, he can easily be bluffing with spade draws. So if the spade draw misses, I think I'm going to call him down on the river. So the river comes a complete blank. It comes 7x. It's like the 7 of diamonds. So king 9, deuce with 2 spades, 4 of diamonds, 7 of diamonds. I have queen 9. So I have middle pair with a queen kicker. Not that much. And so I check with the intention of calling a big bet by him on the river, but he checks back and he shows King six of spades and he wins the pot. He flopped top pair with a shit kicker, but also a flush draw. And I'm sure you're thinking, well, why'd you tell us this hand, Sammy? Like what's, (laughs) why did you play this hand? Good. You lost the hand. I mean, first off, I think it's instructive to be able to say, yeah, I, Lost a hand, but I think I played it well. I think that if he bombed the river, I was going to call him, but he had exactly the type of hand that could only bet two streets. He was very, very likely if he had value to only have a hand that could bet two streets and not three. So I knew that if he bet the river, he was really polarized into having a monster, which again, because we've deduced his range, isn't that likely, or he had a missed flush draw. And I could just call him with middle pair and win a lot of the time. So I thought through the hand well, and I thought I made some good assumptions about his range and what he was doing this with. And, you know, I I think I defended properly. I think a lot of people might fold earlier in that hand. So that's it. That's a hand that I thought I played pretty well. Let's get on to hand two, a hand that I played not so well. All right, we are back with hand two. Uh, We are playing 235 at the California Grand, and the main villain in this hand is a real recreational player. You can tell he's not good. I have been beating on him relentlessly for the last half hour. His stack has dwindled down to about 550, and you can just tell he's really out of his his depth. He's really out of his element. He's not playing well. He's getting taken advantage of. Um, He just took a break. On this hand, he just came back to the table and posted his blind and middle position. So he didn't wait for the big blind to come. He just posted when he got there. And the hand starts, it folds around to him. And when the action gets to him, he quickly checks. Then another bad regular limps behind him for 5 bucks, And I'm in the hijack with ace-queen offsuit. I raise to 30, everyone folds, and then the two limpers both call out of position. So we like this. We go three ways to a flop. And it comes queen, eight, four, rainbow. And we have ace, queen. We love it. They both check. I bet 40. I bet a little less than half pot. In multi-way scenarios, generally, you want to bet a little smaller than you otherwise would. Even in most scenarios, I wouldn't make huge bets on this flop because it's such a kind of dry flop. Queen, eight, four, rainbow. So I bet 40. And the recreational guy that I've been beating on who posted his blind and now and now limp called... He calls, and the other guy folds. So we go heads up. There is 170 in the pot, and the, f- and the turn comes the five of diamonds, putting a second diamond on board. So it's queen, eight, four on the flop, five with two diamonds. He checks again, and now I think it's pretty close between betting and checking. The reason it's close, and I have a really strong hand, right? I have top pair, top kicker, is that the five is more likely to interact with his range than mine. And generally when a card comes that favors the opponent's range, you want to bet a whole lot less. In actuality, remember it's queen, eight, four, five. There are some hands that this improves, but there's also a lot of other hands that this gives additional equity to, you know, hands like eight, six and eight, seven. So I think with this guy's profile, he's pretty loose and passive. I, I do lean toward betting here. Um so there is 170 in the pot and I go for 90, a little more than half the pot. Now he check raises to 250. And I hated this check raise and I was kind of kicking myself for betting the turn even though in retrospect I think it's okay. The one of the issues with betting here and expecting to bet the river is like the only hand I can actually get three streets off him with is king queen or maybe queen jack and there's only two queens left in the deck right there's one in the one on the flop and one in my hand so it's more likely that he has a small card hand that interacts well with the turn but when he check raises you know it's like he could be bluffing and he could be frustrated that I kept that I that I keep pounding on him but it seemed just like too weak to fold top pair, top kicker to this guy. So I called the river comes the nine of diamonds and there's almost 600 in the pot and he goes all in for about two fifty. So it's queen eight, four, five, nine, and it runs out with a backdoor flush draw. It's not that big of a worry because I have the queen of diamonds in my hand. I have a queen with the queen of diamonds, but when he moves all in, it's just like, what the hell can I beat? You know, he has all the two pairs. He's got like eight, nine and four, five and, you know, hands like this. He has all the sets, right? He can have like sets of fives and sets of fours and sets of eights and stuff like that. And even hands that he might've been semi bluffing the raised turn with like ace four diamonds. It got there. Jack 10 of diamonds got there. And it's just like, what the hell are his bluffs here? Like, what the hell are his bluffs? He's definitely not doing this for value with a worse hand than mine. So he has to be bluffing. And it's just super hard for him to actually have a bluff here. Everything got there. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, maybe he's overvaluing a hand like King-Queen or Queen-Jack. I don't know. It's, it's pretty thin. I, I think I'm probably beat here. But one of the problems with me calling his check raise on the turn... Is that it's put me in in an awful spot. It's 250 to win a pot of 850. I'm getting better than three to one. And it sucks because I feel like I'm just always beat here. Like, why the hell did I call the turn? So finally, I just say, fuck it. I've been beating on this guy and he hates me. I have top pair, top kicker. I'm better. I'm getting better than three to one. I call. And he shows me six, seven of clubs for the turn straight. Remember, it's queen, eight, four, five nine. So on the flop, he had a gutter with a backdoor flush draw, pretty reasonable to peel there. He turned the straight, I bet the turn, he check raised and then went all in on the river. I mean, screw me. Like it was just so obvious that he had me beat. And when some loose passive dickhead like checks and then check raises you on the turn, when a card comes that helps his range and not yours, you can't just say, Oh yeah, I have top pair top kicker. It's like What we were talking about with solvers, an equilibrium strategy would probably say, hey, you need to defend a lot here. But the reality is there's so many players, and this guy was one of them, that is just not bluffing here. And your hand is shit. Like one pair is shit, and it was shit, and I played like shit. Yeah, it's just so bad. Like pay off wizard You fire me into the sun, take away my player's card. This fish hit a hand on me, and I didn't lay it down. I didn't lay it down when I knew I was beat. I didn't listen to that little voice inside myself. I'm the donkey boy. I'm the payoff wizard. It sucks. So that's life. So it is. I I actually wanted to do, you know, these couple hands. Again, I know that a lot of the hands I put on this podcast have been like these big hands, these big all ins, these, you know, big bluffs and stuff like that. And I wanted to do another episode with some smaller, more tactile hands that really reflect what it's like to play small and low-mid stakes hold'em. So uh, we will get back to some really big, cool hands uh, very soon, I'm sure. But in the meantime, I appreciate you guys tuning into the podcast. I appreciate it. Please subscribe. I appreciate you guys as always. And Until the next time, play good and run pure.